Hello, Seamheads. Gabriel Heinerman with Dave Pappendorf. We are happy to be coming back to you through your earbuds, through your stereo systems, through your boombox, <laughs> through your boombox. However, you're listening. We're very excited to uh, to be with you once again in this baseball conversation. We know that we haven't really had a baseball conversation the last couple weeks, Dave. It's good to be back with you. How are you doing? Doing great. Thank you for asking. Uh, you're always so good at asking, so I appreciate that. Yeah. Enjoying the uh, hot weather here in Chicago. Cubs have been playing better. Uh, things are looking up and uh, ready to roll with some baseball. Here. Ready to roll with some baseball. So one thing, as our listeners always know, if you're new to the show, we like to start off what we call the leadoff man. Leadoff man is something we take around. We go around the league, look at the action in the news, and we usually start in the American League. But not today, Dave. We're going National League. Kick us off with leadoff man. All right, we're going to start in the National League West, which is usually, as my partner mentioned, the last division we get to. So National League West fans, this is for you this week. This race has become interesting all of a sudden. San Francisco is in first place only with a one-game lead over the Dodgers, who have made up a lot of ground with a banged-up rotation without Clayton Kershaw. Mm. Colorado, nine and a half back, but they are involved in the wild-card chase. We'll get to them in a minute. Um, San Diego made a lot of moves. Main thing that I want to mention about this division and the action over the past few weeks is, uh, if you didn't see this, Carl Crawford had a seven-hit game the other night. Brandon first Crawford. seven hit. So, did I say Carl Crawford? Yes, the ghost of oh. Carl, Carl Crawford oh, is. No. Of Crawford's past? Got into our podcast here. Uh-oh. All right, all right, all right. Let's, <laughs> you know, get, get, burn some incense, get that Carl Crawford <laughs> out of here. Brandon Crawford, the wonderful shortstop for the San Francisco Giants. First player to get seven hits since 1975. Nice. If you look at his first three hits, they all go just past the gloves of defenders. Mm. So we talk about baseball being a game of inches. Um, interesting thing about this, maybe the best hitting performance uh, or maybe best clutch hitting performance of all time due to the number of hits in high leverage situations. Really kind of a cool thing. Um other than that, I think that's most of the, the action in the National League West. We move on over to the National League Central, where the Chicago Cubs have seen their lead grow up to 12 games over St. Louis, 13 and a half games over Pittsburgh. It's not so much that these teams are playing so poorly. It's the Cubs have been playing so well, 9-1 and one in their last 10 with, an, with 9 in a row. The mojo is back. The mojo is back. Uh, even though some interesting news with Tommy LaStella going on, not reporting to AAA. But you know what? If that's the only story coming out of Chicago, we're okay with that. Unfortunately for the St. Louis Cardinals, Michael Waka has been designated yeah. to the disabled list. Uh, Pittsburgh has made some interesting call-ups of their young starting pitchers after making some moves at the deadline that we'll talk about. Uh, Arcia, the young, talented shortstop for Milwaukee, has been called up mm. and has started playing. Started to get his bat uh, heated up. He's had hits, I think, in the last three consecutive games. Cincinnati, of course, made some moves at the deadline. We'll talk about them as well. Finally, before we get to the National League wild card, let's talk about the National League East. Washington with a healthy seven-and-a-half game lead over the Miami Marlins and a nine-and-a-half game lead. Would you say the Miami Marlins of Dade County? Uh Sure. Can we start if, saying that? <laughs> yeah, that's like the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. That's right. Is that, is that where you're going? Yeah. Uh, well, then we got to start saying the Tampa Bay Rays of... Of uh, St. Petersburg? Fort, yeah, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but but the Miami Marlins of whatever county, uh, seven and a half games back behind Washington. The New York Metropolitans, mm. nine and a half games back, struggling. Lucas Duda could miss the rest of the oh, season yeah, with an yeah. injury. Uh, Miami's still sniffing around some trades. Stanton has been good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philly and Atlanta towards the back of that division. But before we wrap up uh, the National League, let's move over to the wild card. The Dodgers have a four-game lead, uh, and they are atop the wild card standings. The Miami Marlins of whatever county are... Uh, they would be a wild card team if the season ended today, but St. Louis is knocking on the door just a half game back, despite being 12 games behind the Cubs. Pittsburgh, two games back. New York Metropolitans, two games back. Interesting Colorado Rockies, only four and a half back. Bunch of teams to jump. They didn't do much at the deadline, That's but right. they look competitive all of a sudden, even after losing four of their last six. Um, interesting stuff going into the National League. Do you have any thoughts on the National League before we move over? couple things uh mainly about sustainability of those teams in the national league west they caught fire at the right time when the giants were scuffling we both would assume that the giants will play better and how long can these other teams the dodgers and the rockies keep that going in that division so sustainability for those two teams pittsburgh it's amazing that they're as close as they are to the wild card, though, I get this feeling around that club they're not really in it, even though that number looks so Agreed. low. Yep. Uh, to me, I think it's a Cardinals, Marlins, uh, we'll, you know, Dodgers type race. Let's see what the Mets can get healthy. Well, and a couple interesting things too: the 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 New York Metropolitans, baseball Metropolitans, only two games over five hundred. Yeah. Pirates one game over 500. Mm-hmm. So sometimes at this point of the year, we look at those standings and we think, oh, they're only a couple games back. Then you look, wow, this team has only, you know, won 57 games in the case of the Mets. That's right. 55 losses with that great pitching staff. Um, they're struggling. Yeah. And that, uh, just briefly, I know we want to move on, but uh, you think about those Cardinal teams, was it 06 or 2011? I can't remember which one that. Won the World Series being a 500 team. Do you remember that? Right. 81 and 81. Yeah, so 2006. So you can get hot at the right time in, in the, this format. We'll see what happens. In the American League, the Seattle Mariners, we both like them. They're playing better. They're now in second place, but they continue to trail the Texas Rangers by a whopping seven games. The Astros. They got hot. We thought, oh, man, this team's back. Now, Dave, they, they're really struggling. In fact, Carlos Gomez has been demoted AAA. Wow. Another demotion for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, Tim Lincecum. So this experiment has seemingly ended or maybe just... Failed? Failed, or uh, do you, does he accept that assignment and try to work on things, come back up? We'll see. Uh, and then... As you you mentioned in our show notes, Mike Trout just languishing in Los Angeles. This is something we've talked about Mike Trout uh, pretty frequently on this show. And how I think so. he's the best player in baseball. Are they wasting these years? And this almost seems like... Uh, I'm trying to think of another all-time great to compare to, either in the sport of baseball or in another sport. You know, they just never had that team around them to win. And they carried him. I don't know. Is Charles Barkley a good comparison? I don't, I'm just trying to off the top of my head. Like I don't know who yeah, was around. Yeah, that's not a bad one. Maybe Dan Marino. Dan, I thought about Dan Marino as well. Um, I'm just trying to think of these guys who like just never really had those pieces around them. 
But uh, so you feel bad for Trout. A sad, another sad story in the American League West. Prince Fielder, guys, second neck surgery, expected really to be done for his career. Do you have any thoughts on these guys? Well, uh, some news on Prince Fielder. Really sad, even though he crushed a lot of home runs against the Cubs after playing in Milwaukee for a long time. Um, kind of a jovial guy. I can remember heckling him from left field in Wrigley. Uh-huh. Uh, and the funny thing is, is he would give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down if it was a good heckle <laughs> or a bad heckle. And so I always remember that and, uh-huh. and thinking he had a good sense of humor. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame, you know, that, that it, this is really kind of a, a weird freak. It's not like you know, people talk about his body. It's not like he has bad knees or a bad back. Mm-hmm. So this didn't have anything to do with his weight or anything. It's yeah. just kind of a weird neck thing. Um, and, you know, eerily, he finished with 319 home runs. It's the same number as his father compiled mm. as a major league hitter. Good tidbit. Uh, and so, you know, he's always going to be linked to his father. Some, some, what of a strained relationship there. But sad to see him go. Fun to watch. And I think with Trout, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to watch these years. But remember, he's only 25. So hopefully we see a healthy Trout for at least 10 more years. And maybe L.A. is, is where he stays. He signed that big contract. We'll, we'll kind of see how that plays out. Well, very good. Let's skip over to the American League Central where Cleveland Indians, they still have this lead. It's only three games, though, over right. the Detroit Tigers who have played well. This is a team that both of us liked early on. We're a little like, surprised at their scuffling. Not that we thought they would go off like gangbangers, but expect them to play better. Now they are playing better, though they get the bad news that Nick Castellanos fractures uh, his... Uh, his left hand, his left hand? Okay, left yeah. hand out indefinitely. Uh, and then you got, I think, the Royals disappointing. All they did just re-sign Hosmer to a big deal. Uh, is that right. right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. So Hosmer, they, they get, I like that, keeping their own. They have a lot of own who they're going to side upon, who to keep or whatever. The Twins have been really hot. I mean, I know the Red Sox saw them uh, just right off the break, and we were thinking, why can't we beat these guys? And they just continue to win. And this is maybe the Twins team we thought we were going to get. You asked me the question the other day, how – Soon, will the Twins win an American League Central Division Championship? I think I put the number at... uh, 20? Did you say 2019? Uh, I said 19. I think you said 20. Okay, so we still think they're they're a good young team a few years out. But right now, the team to talk about, I think, is still the Indians. They got the moves for Miller and others, but we'll talk about the moves that didn't go through. We'll also talk about those. So a three-game lead from the Indians, and then maybe the most exciting race in baseball right now, uh, to some, at least cl- in proximity of the numbers of teams that are in this race, is the American League East Day. we got the, the Toronto Blue Jays, the Baltimore Orioles, the Boston Red Sox. Now, these teams have gone back and forth. Baltimore leading most of the year, but it seems like none of these teams really want to win this division. Uh, you know, one gets hot, the other two struggle, then that team goes cold, and other they just keep passing the baton back and forth. I think Toronto's still the team to beat. But the main news right here, to me, has to be the New York Yankees. Mm. What is going on in New York? A-Rod, think, out. Uh, yeah, Teixeira, yeah, out. A-Rod, out. Teixeira, out. Can Girardi be uh, out, is what you're asking. So th- this is almost taking most of the news, and we'll talk a little bit about A-Rod. I want to hear your thoughts about his uh, retirement. Yeah, I think, uh, to me, the whole thing smells a little fishy, like, hey we want this to be over with. Now he's still uh, going to get $40 million from the Yankees. They're still on the hook for all that money. So it's not like you know, he's giving up any money. He's going to be a special instructor or whatever. I don't know. I mean, 
I, to keep things short, for a team that knows that they're not going to compete this year, to me it seems like a shame to shut this guy down and not play him, mm-hmm. knowing that he could get to 700 home runs if you just play him the rest of the year. For me, it doesn't seem like, especially with Bird being hurt, like what what's the what's the other option? What's the point of mm-hmm. you know having anybody else other than Arod do it? And for me, you know, Arod brought you a World Series title. Arod has been a huge part of your success. Um, whether you like him, hate him, or indifferent, I think you just let him play the rest of the year. I don't quite get it, but uh, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe there's someone a lot smarter than me that, that knows why this is going on this way. Yeah, there's definitely something going on there. Even the fact that he's retiring, you had almost asked that he's probably asked to leave. This is more of the Yankee side of it, right? And just well, like you're saying, they're out of it. Why is he not playing? It, there's something, someone against him. It seems like. And and to me, I think this the overarching narrative is you're looking like this is George Steinbrenner's team, and George Steinbrenner's team is gone. Brian Cashman and Hal mm-hmm. have have tried to keep this thing afloat. And to me, you know, if it if it wasn't for for George, the way that he built the team, they would be in hot water. And I think we're starting to see that you know maybe those guys aren't aren't quite as talented as as George was. Mm. Yeah, good take. And we do need to mention one thing before we get out of the leadoff man that Joey Bats is back to the DL for the favorite Toronto Blue Jays. So we'll see how that plays out. So Dave, let's talk about this non-waiver trade deadline that passed us some nine days ago, 10 days ago, August 1st. They extended it one day, normally on July 31st, but because July 31st on a Sunday, they take it to the Monday. Uh, There was a flurry of moves. The most moves for a non-trade non-waiver trade deadline and I think in the wild card era is that right did you hear that yeah lots of moves um I think if I had to sum up the way that I feel about the deadline in one word or one phrase one idea perhaps I would say a bit underwhelming okay Um, even with all the moves you thought they they weren't necessarily big moves or blockbusters yeah, and and that doesn't mean that teams didn't make good moves. I mean, maybe maybe I should say it this way. I think teams this year more than ever were more cautious. Mm. Maybe that's a better way to put it. It seems like teams were a lot less willing to just you know blow it off for a chance. Uh, and I think maybe what people are what what that's or the fear that the fear that's been instilled in people is you know Oakland really went for it in 2014. Mm. And they gave up, you know, Addison Russell mm-hmm. and, you know, other prospects who are now good players in Major League Baseball. And so I don't know if we're at the point where we overvalue prospects, but uh, but yeah, cautious to me. What, what do you think about the trade deadline? Well, I'm glad you brought up the prospects because that's to me was the, the name of the game of this. And it seems like that's the trend where we're going now for a season, you know, for a period of time. Mm. It's like this is over... Uh, just an, the price for people. It's like, okay, I'm going to trade you a bullpen piece, which, hey, that's important. That can win you a championship, no doubt. But it's going to be your top-tier prospect. And I'm not talking the Raldis Chapman, Andrew Miller. I'm talking like your seventh, sixth inning, eighth inning kind of guys. People mm-hmm. are wanting these returns. Like a Will Smith, maybe? For a Will type. Smith. And I'm just like, whoa, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, I think that... Uh, you know, just from my perspective, you know, watching more from the Red Sox perspective of Dave Dombrowski, now he got hammered even in the offseason for what he gave up to get Craig Kimbrell. 
-hmm. what would that have been now even mid-year and i know that they they gave up a a big piece to get um drew pomerantz so a lot of people were, were even shaking their heads question about that uh so i think you're you're spot on you're right it's just interesting i wonder how long this kind of you know these we seem to go through phases in the game and you wonder how long this one will last where people are like overvaluing the prospects yeah i, I think that's a good point and and putting it in brackets of like a phase or an era um you know, one thing that's interesting to me, and, and maybe you agree or disagree with this, we could chat about it, is it seems like you mentioned bullpen pieces. It seems mm-hmm. like the biggest name or the highest profile uh, players that were traded this year were bullpen guys. Mm. So even in the Lucroy deal, mm-hmm. Jeffries is involved. Huge. Will, Sw- Will Smith goes from Milwaukee to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see even more minor deal, Chicago White Sox and Zach Duke. St. Louis for a top center field prospect, major league ready. Yeah, you see, obviously, uh, you know, New York Yankees sending Miller to um, the Indians, Chapman to the Cubs, and then Pittsburgh trading Mark Melanson. So, a lot of like top end, top shelf, I should say, relief guys getting moved almost to the point where they were the headliners, which is kind of weird, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, I wonder if it's like you've seen the success. The success that the Cubs have had, you know, building around these prospects, bringing them up, and you wonder if if that is now if that's driving some of this. And you think right. about even the Astros with their young people and uh, the Pirates with a young outfield, other teams like that. So it's like, well, if I'm going to, I don't want to want I want to do what they're doing. So if I'm going to trade you this guy, I want like that in return. Yeah, I wonder if that's what's driving this. It's kind of stacking the deck and mm-hmm. and you know being willing to kind of yeah. And be I'm all about for yeah. That. I think that there's uh, I think the answer is and you can't always do this, but uh, you obviously want both. You want prospects, but you also you want to win today. You want to find that piece that helps you today. So how watching how teams try to navigate those waters was interesting. Who was well, willing to pull the trigger? Let's talk uh, specifically about the Lucroy deal. So, yeah. uh, Lewis Brinson, an outfielder, Luis Ortiz, Luis Ortiz, and Joey Gallo, who, who we know Joey Gallo, go from Texas to Milwaukee in exchange for Lucroy and Jeffries, the nice um, bullpen piece. Obviously, you know, if you've been paying attention to the trade deadline, you know originally there was an agreement in place to send Lucroy to the Cleveland Indians. Mm-hmm. Lucroy was worried that he may have to play too much DH or first base, and that would devalue him going into free agency after next year. Mm-hmm. Once he found out that there was no guaranteed playing time um, because of the presence of Jan Gomes, even though he's hurt right now, he uh, was able to decline the deal because Cleveland was on his no-trade clause, and then, of course, you know, they moved him to Texas. So... Um, one thing I thought was really funny about that is Lucre said, hey, if I were them, I would play Jan Gomes. So um, I, th- I thought that was one of those honest moments. But I think, again, this is a big trade and fulfills a big need for a good team um, and, and would be considered for me a, a kind of a major move and impactful uh, move. Do you have anything, to, any thoughts on that move specifically or any other big moves that you really liked or think are going to be impactful? Yeah, I really liked uh that story, you know, kind of that part came out more later. When it initially happened, right. I was kind of scratching my head. 
why would you not go to Cleveland? I mean, this has a this is a team that has a chance really to win the American League. And uh, <laughs> hey, that reminds me not to not to interrupt you, but yeah. when when famously when Chicago Bulls led by Joakim Noah played against Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> in the playoffs, Joakim Noah said. And who wants to go to Cleveland? It's not like people go on vacation to Cleveland. That is and, funny. And no knocks to our Cleveland listeners out there, but that just reminded me of that. Keep, keep going. Yeah, keep going. but like you're thinking, this team probably has a really good chance to represent the American League in the World Series. Uh, and they're they're young, and I like the way that they're building. So you think, okay, let me go there, play there for a bit. And let me see if I can work something out. If I like it, if not, then I'm a free agent. But I really then appreciated that uh, they were honest with him, and he was honest, and it worked out that he was moved. I think we we're both glad to see him moved out of Milwaukee, like we like we talked yep. about Trout. I mean, we'll probably only have a couple really good years left from Jonathan Lucroy, and he's been a, one of the best catchers in the game, uh, second best hitting catcher, probably behind Posey the last few years. Mm-hmm. So we will only have a couple more years of that left. Uh, it's a good move for Texas, the, the team that I think both of us picked to come out of the American League, so that bolsters our chances. I liked it that. That way, and you like also like the Beltron move. I thought that was just a, to me, that was like a San Francisco or St. Louis Cardinal type move. Uh, just grabbing someone like that. The, he on the he's played really well this season. He was the leader of the Yankees offense, but still older, so there's still a little bit of risk. So it's like, hey, let's see if we can take this guy on. I thought that was a great move for me. Lots of postseason success. Mm-hmm. And you give up three minor league pitchers, so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I like that. I think the the Texas Rangers did very good for themselves in this uh, trade deadline. Uh, one thing that I wanted to mention too, kind of a weird thing. I mentioned how the White Sox traded Zach Duke to St. Louis for Charlie Tilson. Charlie Tilson was injured in his debut with mm-hmm. the White Sox, the fourth Chicago White Sox rookie that was injured in their debut this season. Ah. So that's really weird. Uh, and I think maybe if you're outside of Chicago, you wouldn't have heard yeah. a little tidbit before. Well, let's take a look at some of the winners and the losers of the trade deadline as we kind of wrap this up. I've got a few people in mind, but I'll let you start, partner. Uh, who do you think, which teams, I guess I should say, do you think did the best at the trade deadline, the non-waiver trade deadline? Well, I think it's a team a lot of people have mentioned, and maybe I'm getting sucked in because they maybe had the, I don't know, the biggest names. If that's the right way to look at it, but I liked, really liked, the Texas Rangers, and this was okay. a move to me not to win this division. I think that they had that, I mean, they have a seven game lead right now. This was a, a forward looking move, playoff deeper. I mean, that lineup is deep, and. Uh, Bringing in that other bullpen arm with Jeffries. I really like what they were able to do. I'm going to give some love to the New York Yankees. And here's the deal. We've okay. talked about it on this podcast. Many talked about it. What will the Yankees do? They decided to be sellers. So I'm going to give a tip of the cap to them. And a lot of people like the return that they got. They give up Beltron, Chapman, Miller. And so I think that they, from a lot of people are saying that they really filled up their prospect cupboard. And we just talked about how people are valuing prospects right now. So maybe they'll be able to do something with those. I hope they're all bust, obviously, as a Red Sox fan. But I need to give a tip of the cap to them. And then this is another team I've waffled on putting them in my top three. I'm going to do it. 
the Chicago Cubs. You're a Chicago Cubs. Okay. Ooh, all right. You know, Chapman was the, the big fish out there, so to speak, in the relief market. I don't know if he even stays with them or not. He's a free agent after the end of this year. Is that right? Right. But I just thought, man, if you're already the favorite, maybe not only in the National League, but in all of baseball to win the World Series right now, why not just increase those odds, shorten that game? You've already had the bullpens pitch pretty well for you, right? So let's make yep. that even yep. stronger. We like our starting pitching. We like our offense. Let's really like our bullpen, too. I thought that was a good move by Theo. Those are the three teams that I liked probably the most. Okay. Uh, I like I like you throwing the Cubs in there. I think um, you know they added a couple other guys, too. They're trying to see what they can throw against the wall and, and get to stick for the other middle innings. But the Stars have been great lately. Um, I think, for me, I have three teams that I would consider winners. Mm-hmm. One of them is the Yankees. Uh, and you just mentioned them, so I won't go into depth uh, there. Other than the fact that it's like you said, I mean, the New York Yankees to to decide that you're a seller that that takes a lot, um, and so they've done that. And even though I criticized, you know, Cashman and and uh, Hal Steinbrenner a bit before, I think maybe we can we can see a bit of a change and maybe willing to be not just the Yankees of old, but embrace some new things. In addition to those teams, I have two other teams I'd consider winners. One, San Diego Padres. Okay. So San Diego Padres, after making a flurry of moves and being considered maybe uh, a dark horse last year, have subsequently gone and traded Melvin Upton Jr. to Toronto, mm-hmm. which is actually a probably good deal for both teams. A lot of people don't know. He has you know 16 home runs, 25 mm-hmm. stolen bases this year. So that yeah. makes both teams better, shed some payroll. They trade Matt Kemp to Atlanta. For troubled outfielder Hector Oliveira, however, they shed payroll there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also get and restore some value um, from uh, uh, the relief pitcher Fernando Rodney, and they move him to Miami. So they're flipping some guys. Of course, they flipped uh, Craig Kimbrell in the offseason as That's well. Right. So I think this team is making a quick turnaround Yeah, making up for their mistakes. That's good. I like that. I've had them probably honorable mentions. That's good. In addition to that, we know also that they traded um, Andrew Kashner, Colin Ray mm-hmm. uh, to Miami. Obviously, Colin Ray's been sent back because of the injury. But yeah, yeah, making some moves. Another team I would consider a winner, which some people may be confused about, but I would say the Pittsburgh Pirates mm. are a winner. Um, I think trading Liriano, giving themselves payroll flexibility on a guy whose ability seems to be declining, but also you know long-term deal, um, flipping him. And then in addition to that, recognizing that there's such a big market for a relief pitcher, knowing that you have a relief pitcher, knowing the mm-hmm. fragileness or, is that the right word, fragility, whatever it is, yes. uh, of relief pitchers, knowing that that market fluctuates a lot, getting a lot from Melanson, yeah. um, I would say those are, those are winners. Are there any losers that come to mind for you? Three teams, and I'll start with the one that you mentioned that Melanson went to, the Washington Nationals. Okay. And I love Mark Melanson. But to me, this is the team that did the very same thing last year. Mm. You remember, they had uh, Drew Storen. They go and get Jonathan Papelbon. Joe Nathan. Never works out. Right, yeah. And so they're going to do the same thing. And I hope it works out. And I also wish that they had done more. Again, I know that their divisional lead is significant. 
But I just talked about a team like the Texas Rangers who have a significant lead in their division who went out and gave forward thought to, okay, we're, we're going to make these moves for the postseason and beyond. Would have liked to have seen that happen with the Nationals. I don't know. This is another piece or somewhere. Whatever they would need. Let's do something. Okay. The Cleveland Indians. And here, this Whoa. is not... Yeah. This is not so much... I liked what... I love that Andrew Miller did. I love that they went out and they tried to get Luke Roy, but because they didn't get Luke Roy, and this was not their fault, so you can give some pushback on that, but I still feel like that took some... To me, if they had had Lucroy, that I think they could have potentially won the American League even over the Texas Rangers at that point. So I think that was a big swing, and the fact that he actually went to Texas, not right. Cleveland. So just because of that, not necessarily organizationally, I didn't like it, but just in a sense, I think that was a loss for them. And then the Los Angeles Dodgers. I know that, of course, they've played really well. Kershaw's been out. To me, though, this is a chance you could have... I like... Okay, so they bring in Reddick. Good move. Rich Hill's okay. Mm -hmm. But Rich Hill's been banged up. He's 36 years old. Uh, how long is that going to last? I think more I'm looking at this today, though, from the prospect of you weren't able to move Pui. So I would have liked to see them go out and move Yasiel since you brought in Reddick. So Great now you baby just have, name. Yeah. <laughs> so now you just have, again, I know they moved in the AAA, but now they just have this overcrowded outfield again. Where's everybody going to play? If they could have got something for him and then brought in another piece to, to fill, I think the Dodgers could have made themselves more formidable against the Giants, whereas it seems like if I'm the Giants fan today, I know that that lead is down to one game. But realistically, I just I'm not afraid of the Dodgers. I just don't know how long that rotation is going to last. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I have the Dodgers as a, a losing a loser of the trade deadline as well. And it's interesting because when I think about the Dodgers, outside of Clayton Kershaw, it's weird because with the Dodgers, it's this phenomenon where I don't really think it's a good team, but somehow mm. they are a good team. Yeah. Um and. You know, Turner's good. Seager's mm -hmm. good. Seager, by the way, um, got hit in the hand, and x-rays are negative, so he, he mm. should be able to play, but maybe just some soreness there. But, yeah, there's nobody that really wows me other than, like, Seager and, and Kershaw, right? And so, uh, for some reason, though, they're, they're still around, and I just don't think that they did enough with that banged-up rotation, especially considering the bevy of prospects that they have. You know, maybe roll the dice and do something. Another loser I would consider... Cincinnati Reds, yeah, even, though they moved, them. Mm -hmm. even though they moved uh, Jay Bruce, I think you have a lot of other guys that you can move. You know, Singrani throws hard out of the bullpen. You can move Cozart, especially when we mm -hmm. may see him at the waiver tra trade deadline. Yeah. Um, I think Votto could have been a, a sneaky candidate for a team like Cleveland. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's they're just, you know, uh, Billy Hamilton, I think they're kind of done with him. Brandon Phillips. Just, just a lot of guys that they could have been able to flip and make their trajectory, their upward trajectory, a little bit more inclined. Um, so I would say there. Also, I think Kansas City Royals, knowing uh, that yeah. the knowing that the bullpen market was was so, knowing what you could get. I mean, flip Wade Davis, you can, and Kelvin Herrera, even you know, um, 
one of those two guys you can get a big return for. Edison Volquez is a veteran starter. You could get something back for him. Um, you know, I think, and then even with Hosmer, maybe explore some things there. Uh, you know, obviously we know about the contract now, but but that's something that maybe they could have gone with. Uh, so those would be the, my losers. Interestingly, if there are some other teams, I kind I liked what I liked some of the things San Francisco did. I I didn't like some of the other things they did. They got Matt Moore for Matt Duffy, kind of a good for good trade. So hopefully that works out for both teams. Uh, they did pick up um, Eduardo Nunez to play third base. So just some interesting moves there. Uh, weird flop Hector Santiago from L.A. to Minnesota for Ricky Nolasco. Yeah, Nolasco got got beat up by the Cubs tonight. Um, but other than that, partner, I think we we pretty much covered most of the trade deadline stuff. Are there any minor moves uh, that you think could have some impact that that maybe other people would have overlooked, or or you think we've covered most of of that? I think that uh, I think we covered a lot. What do you think the most impactful deal is going to be if you had to, if you had to choose one? The biggest, best value deal. Oh, value deal. Well, I guess that's a different question, right? What, what's uh-huh. what's your best this year deal, and what's your best long term deal? Okay, uh, this uh, you maybe you maybe deal. intimated the Chapman thing. Is that is that fair to say that that may be the best this year deal? Uh, yeah, I I'm go- I'm going to go. I don't know why. This is just a feeling. More than a feeling. More than I feel <laughs> We gotta have you sing more on this show. That's, that was good. Carlos Beltran. Whoa, okay. Tell me why. And this is this is just one of those like lucky charm rabbit fleet. Think about this guy in the postseason. The teams that he's on seem to go to the postseason and seem to do well there. This is a team going there. It's just something like he he rises to the occasion in that moment. And you think about how close they were those back-to-back years of 2011, 2012. Right. Uh, I like that deal. I know it's not a, a, you know, I don't know. It is a big name, but it's not. He's an older big name. Yeah, not like a super flashy deal. Right. But I really like that deal for them. Maybe even... I mean, I really like Lucroy. We both wanted Lucroy to go somewhere good that he could uh, compete with. And then I'll say I like I like the Chapman deal a lot. And then the, a smaller one, and this was a good, we'll go back to the uh, the Cubs as well. I like Joe Smith a lot. Mm-hmm. The sidearm Joe Smith. Yeah, and so that's not. It's just a smaller one that uh, I think you just. They're getting ready, like you said, Theo, deepening that bullpen. The bullpen's been good. Now we're deeper. That's what this uh, postseason is going to be about. They already have starting pitchers taking them seven, eight, longer than most other starting pitchers. But Joe Madden has also shown us that he's not afraid to pull a pitcher. Now he has the resources to do that. Right. Now, if I had to pick one most impactful move for this year, you know that is a tough question, even though I posed it to you. So now I'm now I'm on the hook for my own question. You know, for me, I think ultimately it's got to be the Miller deal because uh, I think we're going to see Cleveland in the in the playoffs no matter what. Mm-hmm. I think just the intensity of of Cleveland with the pressure now that 
the Cavs won the world, or won the championship. Even though the Cubs have a lot of pressure on them, the Cubs were there last year. People expected them to be there. I think Miller mm-hmm. could be, uh, you know, the big face that helps them get past some some early playoff stuff. A minor move that I think you should look out for: Ivan Nova to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Let's see if they can mm-hmm. rekindle some of the magic there. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I like the Fernando Abed to Boston deal yeah. from Minnesota. I try to refrain from all Boston moves, but I, I like that one as well. <laughs> well, uh, partner, I think we did a pretty good job wrapping up the trade deadline. Obviously, we know that there are some waiver deals that could mm-hmm. happen in the future. Names such as Derek Norris, Yasiel Puig, yeah. Three weeks Danny ago. Valencia. Yeah. Um, are there any any Ryan Braun? Uh, do you have any uh, looking inside your crystal ball? Do you think any of these guys are going to be traded? Do you have any predictions? I, you know, what I criticize the Dodgers for, maybe they can get done with Puig being, playing in AAA, can restore some of his value, playing, sure. going through, putting through waivers and see if anybody can strike up a deal, somebody needing that bat, an impact bat, take a chance on him for the September and into the playoffs, push over the line, maybe uh, trying to think what team could use him. You think maybe a Cleveland Indians or uh the Mets, if they yeah, I was think they're the still in, yeah, by, you know, maybe he plays well with uh, Suspedis or something. I don't know. I think uh, I think I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a new era podcast guarantee. Are you ready? It's a new era podcast guarantee. guarantee. By the, I like that. We gotta save that sound bit for the for the soundtrack <laughs> later. Um, so we get a little button. We just press that. Uh, That's right. Zach Cozart or Danny Valencia. One of those two, I guarantee, will be moved. Yeah, I like that. I was uh, shocked I think, that Cozart didn't get moved earlier. I think both those guys are useful. So, yes. anyways, partner, as we wrap up here, is there anything uh, you think we should be watching for mm. coming up, other than the Olympics? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I would say, let's see if... I want, I'm interested Friday... Well, well, and Thursday, will, will A-Rod play at Fenway Park Thursday? Right. Uh, will he play Friday? So that's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, fan or not a fan, it's just, I mean, he's such a big personality in the game of baseball. Almost seven home runs. Like, I just want to see that. And then I I think the National League West and the American League East is a, the races that are grabbing my attention the most. For me, I would say what to watch for. I want you guys to watch some Seattle Mariners baseball. This is a team that, for me, I think is pretty exciting, and they're kind of on that fringe, similar to two years ago. Now, um, I'm sorry, did Taiwan Walker get sent down? He did. Oh, yeah, we forgot to mention that. Yeah, so, we forgot to mention that. Um, and remember, they traded, uh, they just moved somebody. I'm thinking of... Uh, Oh, Wade Miley, of course. So yeah, some Baltimore. starting pitching shuffles. But um, even still, keep an eye on them. Also, what to watch for um, some front office drama, maybe, in Los Angeles uh, Angels Town. Does that, does that make sense? Isn't that the Angels Angel Town? I don't know if that makes sense. But listen, like Los it. Angeles Angels struggling big time. Uh, we'll see if, if maybe there's some reshuffling. We'll see about Mike Sosha at the end of the year. Uh, those are more long-term things. Uh, I remember, I he won the battle last year. That's right. And so now Wasn't it's kind of the odd. right choice to make, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's what I'd say to, to keep out for. Guys, if you have anything that we missed to watch for, make sure you tweet us at New Era Podcast. Visit us on Facebook as well. Um, we had a little trivia last week, partner. 
Uh, and your question to me was, if you'd like to repeat it. Yes, so thinking about the Hall of Fame inductees of King Griffey Jr. and Mike Piazza, and we were talking about trades, trade deadlines. How many times were these two players traded so collectively the total number that they you know you can count both of them how many trades do these guys go okay through? so uh i know for a fact that ken griffey jr was i think he signed with the cincinnati reds so he wasn't traded from seattle uh i know he was traded to the chicago white Sox, and i think he re-signed with the seattle mariners so i'm only going to say ken griffey jr was traded once Mike Piazza, this is a different story. I, I can tell you the different teams that he played for, but I'm not sure how many times he's traded, especially if it was as a minor leaguer. I want to say... I'm going to say four. That's my answer. Oh, partner. you uh, It's like the kid in math class who gets the right answer but didn't get there the right way. You okay. got, you're definitely... Uh, you got the right answer. Four... Uh, though Griffey was more than once. So Okay. When but, what can you can you remind me of those trades? Yes. So Mike Piazza signed, if you remember, really late because of a family connection with uh Tommy Lasorda. So he was was actually signed with the Dodgers, drafted by them, then traded to the Marlins. Okay. Uh with Todd Zill for Manuel Barrios, Bobby right, Bonilla, right, right. Gary Sheffield, that trade, 98. And then that same year, so not yeah. even, like, oh, I think eight days later, the Marlins flipped him to the Mets for <laughs> Jeff Goats, Preston Wilson, and Ed Yarnell. So I think the Marlins might regret that deal. So he was traded twice, and then King Griffey Jr. actually was traded from the Mariners to the Reds. Mike Cameron, you remember that name. He was yes. part of that deal. So the Reds had Cameron, and that was in uh, 2000. And then they traded him to the White Sox with cash for Nick Massett and Danny Richar. Okay. Well done. But you got the right answer. I'll take that. Partner, I've got a kind of a funky one for you. We're oh. going to talk in the offseason about leadoff hitters and stolen bases and all that kind of stuff. I just looked today. Billy Hamilton, after being traded from the Let's Play 2, Dave Pappendorf managed uh, fantasy baseball team, has now dashed away with 48 steals. Hmm. How come he doesn't steal when I put him in the lineup? That's my rhetorical <laughs> question to all of you. However, um, here's my big question for you. I want to know if, in regards to stolen bases, if you can name Four players that have a, have reached the feet, four different players that have reached the feet of 100 stolen bases in a single season. That's an excellent question. So be thinking on that the next couple uh, next couple days here. I think and, I, uh, I can name two, I think. Okay. But uh, I don't know. Prince Fielder's not one of them. <laughs> I know that's a hint, but just in case you're wondering. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to think about that. Very good. I like that. Okay, well, uh, guys, thank you for listening to more Baseball Ramblings from the New Era Podcast. Of course, as my partner reminds us well, join the conversation on Twitter at New Era Podcast or visit us on Facebook, and that's backslash or forward slash, excuse me, New Era Podcast. 
make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, we appreciate those. We like the good ones and the bad ones. Although, we haven't had a bad one, and we're still at five stars uh, for our rating, which means that we're perfect. If you disagree with that statement, please leave a review. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we may be going on a bit of a hiatus here. My partner, my esteemed partner, Mr. Gabriel Heinemann, is awaiting any day now the birth of child number one. And so if that happens, things will be crazy. So keep <laughs> checking the feed. Episodes will be coming out soon, but maybe not as soon as you'd like. If that's a problem for you, get your torches, your pitchforks, storm the city hall, and we will try and listen to you if yeah, we can. Definitely uh, not as soon as we'd like, but uh, we're going to... We're going to take a little family leave of absence. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. Uh, partner, I'd be remiss if I didn't let you sign off with your famous sign-off. <laughs> Until next time, Seamheads for Dave Pappendorf. I am Gabriel Heinemann, reminding you that whether at the plate or in the field, always keep your eye on the ball. <laughs>